Blaine. Welcome to Comic Club, your friendly neighborhood comic book podcast. I am your host, Blaine McGaffigan, and I'm joined, as always, by Adam, Adman Cook. Hey, Blaine. Great to be here. Great to have you, buddy. We're streaming live today from the Comic Cave. Each month, we read a new comic or graphic novel and break it down on our show. This is our spoiler-free, shorter episode where we introduce the book we're reading this month and chat about our first impressions, including The Bare Bones, who this comic is for, and judging a book by its cover. This month, we'll be reading Doctor Strange, The Oath, written by Brian K. Vaughn, illustrated by Marcos Martin, and colored by Javier Rodriguez. Adam, give us The Bare Bones. All right. The Bare Bones for Doctor Strange, The Oath, is that we find Doctor Strange has just been shot, and he's got to figure out who was trying to kill him while he looks for a cure for cancer for his loyal aide, Wong, who is dying of cancer at the moment. And uh, Blaine, why did we choose this book for this month? Because we got a new MCU movie coming out next month. Right now it's April. And here right around the corner, May 6th, 2022, we have Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Adam, on the hype scale from meh to like stoked, so hyped, where do you sit for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? I would say that it's in the upper quadrant of that scale, not so stoked that, you know, I'm already looking at when tickets go on sale. Sure. Not quite that fever, but very looking forward to it for a lot of reasons, um, mostly because the man at the helm is no other than Sam Raimi, who mm-hmm. folks might remember as the uh, director of the first two Spider-Man or first three Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire, amongst a bunch of other stuff that he's done throughout his career. The dude is incredible. He's a true auteur. And so I think it will be really interesting to see what he can do within the MCU because you're still in that world. Um, There's still certain rules that I think all the directors kind of have to abide by. Uh, So I'm really excited to see what he does to it and, you know, where he takes Doctor Strange. What's your level at? Um, My level is (laughs) mid-range. Mid-range, um, right, right yeah, in the middle. You know, I saw the trailer, and and first of all, we've talked about this a little bit, and obviously we're going to talk about it next episode when we go deep down Adaptation Alley. But, you know, Cumberbatch, to me, we've talked about it. He, he's a little bit on the weaker side, when, especially when he's doing American accents. Uh, his Doctor Strange is not really wowing me. I don't find him funny. He, he's a little, uh, he just doesn't sort of do it for me. I did really dig the visuals of the first Doctor Strange film. I'll probably revisit that movie before our full episode in two weeks. But um, yeah, I, I watched the trailer for this one and, you know, they're bringing in a lot of stuff. You got the multiverse, you got Scarlet Witch, you got some new characters, America Chavez. So I'm eager to see that. But I also think it's just going to be staring at a bunch of CGI for the whole film, which you know, that kind of turns me off a little bit. But something I wanted to ask you, um, and, and again, we're we're just kind of doing a little bit of an MCU little sidetrack here. Do you see yourself, I think, phase one when Avengers was coming out, phase three, whenever we have in-game and stuff like this, and there were certain movies in between where I was hype level 10, right? I, I was full tilt hyped. Do you see yourself 
getting there for this sort of phase we're in? We're in kind of like the early phase four, right? Um, before they've sort sort of really connected the pieces. Do you see yourself getting hyped? What like maybe for Spider Man? Anything that's on the horizon? Do you see yourself reaching those heights that you did maybe one in the old MCU days? I don't know if it can ever really compare to some of that first three phases of the MCU, especially when they were bringing the really big pieces together, um, you know, in those big team up movies like the Avengers or civil war, which had a ton of characters, that sort of excitement. I don't know if I can match again, cause we've kind of already seen it. I don't know if they, if they could top it, but if they did top it, I think it would be more of a surprise. Um, there are certain things that will definitely, like I said, I think, you know, maybe be in this kind of, area of excitement where I'm curious to see what's going to happen, things that I like, but I don't know if I'm beating down the doors for anything on the horizon. One thing that really comes to mind, um, if we're talking about the movies separately, is the next Thor. Yep. I think that's going to be pretty great. You know, it's got a lot of great pieces, like we said, Taika Waititi back as the director. Obviously, Chris Hemsworth's coming back. They're bringing back Natalie Portman. And they got Christian Bale to be in it. So maybe that's kind of the thing that's going to more interest me now. Less on the characters, because they've already tapped into so many of the great characters. The big ones, yeah. The big ones, until they start bringing in the X-Men and Fantastic Four and all that stuff. Yeah, then maybe we ramp the height up. But another thing that I think we talk about when we talk about these films is our expectations going into it. And so I used to go into every film ultra-hyped and then, you know, sometimes that would, you know, lead to letdowns and lead to disappointments. Yeah. And so some of that is me uh, readjusting my expectations. And some of that is we're getting, you know, two, three movies plus two, three shows a year. It's kind of like, it's kind of just constant. You know, there's there's not as much anticipation whenever there's always one a new one right around the corner. Yeah, I agree. That's kind of the way that Disney has orchestrated this to where we're going to always sort of have new content to talk about. Um, but so it's hard to keep that excitement level at a, at a high pitch yeah. that whole time. And and I think you said it about surprises. You know, that's that's the hallmark of those sort of big ones is, is the surprise. What is it going, maybe not even surprise, but what is it going to look like seeing all those characters on screen at the same time? What is it going to look like when Thanos comes in? Some of those elements. But let's move it back to Dr. Strange, The Oath for a bit. Um, This is a self-contained story written in 2007, released. Let's talk about who this comic is for. This is the segment of our First Impressions episode where we break down who we believe the perfect audience is for this month's comic. If you find yourself in these categories, you have to pick it up. And if not, join the comic club and read it with us anyway, Adam. Who is this comic for? People that like action comedies. Doctors. Nurses and medical professionals. Fans of small stakes superhero stories. Mystics, druids, paladins, and witches. Brian K. Vaughn stands like Blaine and myself. And people looking for self-contained Doctor Strange comic. I, Adam, I think Doctor Strange is kind of one of those, we all know the guy, he always pops into our Marvel comics, but there's not like... Personally, it's not like I've read a bunch of him. What is your kind of experience with Doctor Strange in general? What's your experience maybe with this book in in comics? I think that's a really good kind of encapsulation of Doctor Strange's presence is he's there. We know about him and kind of his, 
you know, power level, but he's usually in a team up situation. He's a guy that's coming in kind of sort of, sort of towards the end of situations yep. because he's so powerful usually. And, and, and speaking um, of coming in, he jumped in in uh, whenever we did Avengers Dissembled, right? We uh, right, right before we did our thing, he came at the end and was kind of like that Deus Ex Machina figure, right? Coming in just just like you described. Keep going. Yeah, and so I think that was my familiarity with him until I read this arc many years ago. Being a BKV stan, um, like I am, I started you know kind of just researching all the different runs that he had done. And this one, I remember seeing at my local comic shop and they had the collection of single issues all just bundled together, waiting to be picked up. It was fate. I picked it up, still own it to this day, sitting in a storage unit in Pasadena, (laughs) I hope. Um, And it was a great little introduction, I thought, to the Sorcerer Supreme. And I mean, it it has Brian K. Vaughn's signature style. And I thought it was like a great marriage of a character with an author's style. And when they were getting ready to, when when we started hearing that he was going to be introduced into the MCU, I was always hoping that they would really draw from this arc a lot, which they don't really do that much as far as I've seen. But, you know, never say never. This is my first time reading it. I've never, and I remember when we were going to the shops together, I believe you were talking about this. And something you mentioned that I wanted to call out is like, some of these creators kind of become legends in comics, right? Brian K. Vaughn is one of them. You know, he's done Why the Last Man, Saga's Massive, Ex Machina. He has these big, big things, and he's become sort of like a legendary creator. You know, I think of Grant Morrison, who we talked about in a previous episode, Mark Miller, some of these, these big guys. And it's always so fun to mine the depths and be like, oh my gosh, he did a Cyclops book? Oh my gosh, he did a Doctor Strange book? And, and they just do these like little jump-ons before they were the legends we know them as. And it's always so interesting revisiting those comics. Super fun. Yeah, you see them kind of when you imagine they're just like this young, right. hungry artist, yeah. just working their way up the ranks, going through the grinder like everyone else. It's like almost everyone has this run doing the superhero stories before they really embark into their, you know, weird solo stuff that they come up with. Exactly. Yeah, before they kind of hit their masterpiece, before they get their footing, before they try find their real voice, they're testing it out on sort of the IP of Marvel and DC. And it's always so exciting when you see the seeds and the kernels, like you mentioned, of, oh, that's so BKV. You know what I mean? Like, yes, that's him. Only he could tell the story. Yeah, you start to recognize their signature style. And when it pops up in another, you know, under a different sort of IP that's not one that they own, it's so much fun. I love it. Um, All right, let's judge. uh, Let's move it on over to the last segment of our show called Judging a Book by Its Cover. This is where we like to imagine ourselves walking through a comic shop and happen upon the book sitting on a shelf. What do we think about the cover? What does it say about what's inside? How cool is the logo and everything else? Adam, let's judge this book by a cover. Okay, we have another pull-off-the-shelfer, in my opinion. I love this cover. It's just a full-page spread 
of the upper half of Doctor Strange's body. He's doing a classic enchantment kind of spell with one hand where he's got the sort of like, you know, Jesus hand thing going mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. And the other hand is clutching his chest, which is bleeding. He, You can tell that he's injured. And it, I love that it has this sort of flatness to it. It reminds me of like a callback to an old school style of covers specifically where it just has this real shallow depth and it looks, like I said, just very flat on the page that I love. Um, I think it's really engaging and it looks like you're going to get kind of a, a more old school approach. When you get inside, it's not really that similar style. It's a lot more digital, you know, um, for better or worse. But that cover, I think, is this awesome kind of little throwback style that I'm so into. Yeah, the the colors on it are really striking. Obviously, his cape is red, but here, the, the image I'm looking at is like really vibrant, almost borderline, almost like red, like pinkish, where it's like that almost neon cape, and it looks really awesome. You mentioned the flatness. So if you look at the colors on his face, there are gradients, but Javier Rodriguez, the colorist in this, and I'm excited to kind of go down. Um, And obviously the artist, Marcos Martin, he sort of draws that kind of like old school, like you mentioned, like really like thin line work, not like tons of blacks, right? Where it's like, yeah. it's, it's real. Well, I guess on the cover, there are a lot of blacks, but I think on the, once you get to the inside, you'll see he does like really thin line work. And how, and and a lot of times when they color him, it is flats, right? And, and, and I love flats because it's a throwback and it creates almost like an animation style, like at, like animation, like films, like Disney and stuff like that, as opposed to these hyper real gradients and stuff they use. So that's a good call out on just sort of like, it puts you in a certain time period of comics. Yeah. And I think something about just like the, the maybe like the little bit of shading that there is, it sort of just reminds me of these older, older comic artists, you know, Bill Sinkowitz, people like that, that were just doing these classic comics back in the 70s and 80s. I love it. That's judging a book by its cover. We're reading Doctor Strange, The Oath this month. It is five issues, a quick read. Definitely go pick it up at your shop or your comic reader of choice. That's going to wrap it up for our first impressions episode. If you enjoyed the show, tell a friend and leave a review on your podcast app of choice. You can find us all across the internet at Comic Club Podcast. I am Blaine McGaff on Twitter. I'm Danger Adam on Instagram. And we'll see you in two weeks for our full episode. Adam? Comic Club out. Comic Club is brought to you from Upper Esh Media. This episode was edited by Adam J. Cook. Our intro and outro music is by Tiger Cup. Katie Livingston at Living Kate designed our logo. If you enjoyed the episode, tell a friend, follow us on social at Comic Club Podcast, and join our Facebook group to continue the conversation online. Remember, everyone, read more comics. Comic Club.